Did you know that studies show on average, every single human being lies to themselves 10 to 200 times a day? I know that seems crazy that we would lie to ourselves that much. And I know you're certain you never do it, but that is the truth. That's why I always say the single greatest epidemic and killer in society today is not a virus. It is not an illness or disease. It is self-deception. It is denial. That's why it's my belief that all struggles, whether they are political, social, relational, health. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All of them can be traced back to and are born out of self-deception, and nobody's talking about that. Well, that's going to change today. And to help me help you stop your self-deception and my self-deception too, we're all in this together, I've asked my mentor and friend, Mike Pinkston, to join us. So Mike, if you want to say hello to everybody before I tell everyone a little bit more about you. How are you doing, my man? Good to see you. And as always, I love you. And I'm so thankful you're doing this. And I love you. And I'm grateful to be a part of this. And howdy, everyone. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Mike, if you guys don't know. Um, for nearly 40 years, Mike has been helping others heal from complex emotional, physical, and sexual trauma and abuse. He's also an expert in diagnosing and treating PTSD, dissociative disorders like multiple personalities, sex addiction, love addiction, love avoidance, and codependence. Mike is also an expert in parenting and marriage and family structures. He has advanced certifications in EMDR and clinical hypnosis. He's also a leading expert in the field of neurofeedback, which is a cutting edge treatment for many emotional and psychological difficulties that regular talk therapy and medication just can't find solutions for. It's the newest thing to help people overcome their pain. It helps with things like ADHD, bipolar, anxiety, depression, PTSD, addiction, and much more. And finally, Mike has spent over 25 years supervising and monitoring or mentoring other clinicians do their work. And so if you have gained benefit from what I do and watching my videos or reading my articles or my book or anything, you owe a lot of that to what I learned from this man in the, the years we spent working one-on-one -on -one and have been in touch since. And now I, you know, we have a, a wonderful friendship. And so um, we're very, Mike's gift is behind the camera, helping other people find their gifts. So I've been slowly just, it's like the Wizard of Oz trying to get them out from behind the curtain. And I've been slowly getting them out here. And I'm so I'm not thankful. sure that's a positive analogy, but that'll work. Well, yeah, I mean. <laughs> I guess the, the positive sides of the Wizard of Oz, he had a gift, he just he hid his gift. Now, yes, there are some negative <laughs> aspects true. that I'm not drawn on that. Um, 
but uh, um, I'm just very thankful that the world gets to benefit from what I've learned and from you. And now we get to share it with others and we get to tackle this. To me, again, I, I think it's the single most important topic out there. It's self-deception or de you know denial, you can call it whatever you want, um, but it's prevalent everywhere. And so I guess, you know, we started talking about this. We talk every week and um, that's what gave birth to this podcast was you know, how prevalent this is and how impactful it's been in both of our lives to realize that self-deception and denial are at the crux of our own recovery journeys. And I guess my first question is, because most people watching this are going to be going, yeah, it's my husband, it's my wife, it's my best friend, it's that political party, it's that person on the other side of the debate. They're the ones that lie to themselves 10 to 200 times a day. It ain't me. So... And that's just not true. It's all of us all day, every day. And so that's the first place to start is how can we lovingly wrap around our arms around people and help them walk them along the path to see in a loving way, oops, yeah, it, most of the time it's me. What, what would you suggest is the way to go about that, Mike? Well, I'm, I'm going to back you up a little bit on how we began to discuss this. Um, we were talking about um, Pia Melody's work and um, she has a book called The Intimacy Factor. And in that book, in the introduction, she talks probably the most I ever heard her talk about um, the other side of adaptation. Uh, in her system, um, you have the shame side on one, I'm looking at it in my mind's eye. Yeah, the shame side, which most people are, are, are more familiar with, um, low self-esteem, uh, not having boundaries, uh, not having a good grasp of, of owning your reality, um, poor self-care, and, and they don't live in moderation and uh, tend to be immature people. The other side. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day. At Whole Foods Market. Of uh, her chart um, has to do with what I call, and I think she does too, uh, the false empowered side. And um, so this is the better than side. Um, and uh, instead of boundaries, uh, there's walls. Instead of um, taking ownership of reality, uh, and letting other people have ownership, they tell people what reality is. Um, instead of uh, poor self-care, uh, they tend to be needless and wantless. Um, uh, and then instead of immature, they they're, um, tend to be um, uh, over-mature, really, in a 
kind of a false way. <laughs> yeah, they're the ones that grew up too early that go, well, I was, you know, my parents would always say, um, you know, I was, I, I was mature for my age. And, you know, that, that is a common thread of, you know, it's, they're so walled off that it looks mature and, and very boundary together. Yes. It, and, and that's what, you know, I, I, I've done videos on this and, and many people will lump a falsely empowered codependent with a narcissist. And it's like, no, they look almost exactly like, and most political leaders and heads mm -hmm. of, you know, as Pia points out, the most successful people in our society are the CEOs, the people we all look up to nearly all of them are falsely empowered codependents and they look this overly mature like they all they have it all together but they're living behind walls and they're out of reality as to how detached from reality they are right and and that that living that's what kind of got us on this subject is is that living behind a wall um if you were to see the other side of the camera I have bookcases. This is my little cubbyhole in my downstairs uh, basement where I have my own little personal office. And by the way, my little uh, precious Cavalier King Charles just came down to visit and she'll fall asleep and she will snore <laughs> like a big dog. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, hi, Charlie. Um, anyway, we're talking about, you know, so, so just as an illustration i've got bookcases that i'm looking at and i've got some pictures and stuff on the wall but i can't see beyond these walls unless i get up and walk around them. and that's what it's like to be walled off um, in relationships and from yourself in in that you think and this is the deception thing this the, the denial thing you think that you're seeing reality, that you're testing reality well, that you're, you know, as you're observing the relationships that you're in, that you're seeing that accurately, yeah. but you're not. Yeah. And the problem with deception is you're, dece you're deceived. The problem with deception is, is deception. Yeah. You, you think you're testing reality. You think you know what reality is, but you don't. Yeah. And where that uh comes into you know i've never heard that statistic before but where it comes to that is is again i think that i have a grasp but it's their problem not my problem yes and this really is my problem yeah you know with with boundaries when we talk about boundaries we talk about you know i use illustrations like a tennis court net or you know, a screen where you use that one because I don't use that one. And so that, that will help the people that listen to me that use the tennis court one because well, I use different analogies. I mean, again, think about a wall being between two courts. That's what, that's what living in deception is. You don't know what's coming at you. Um, and, and you're not, you think you're at, you might be accurately viewing what's, what's going on, but you're not, but with a boundary, which is the net, there is a separation between you and I, and we need that separation. Um, it's not my job to come over into your court and to fix you, uh, even though you may invite me over. 
that still I still have to say in my court and I have to be viewing my stuff while I'm viewing your stuff. And uh, if I can't see that distinction, which is what a wall does, then I'm going to be deceived. Yeah. yeah. So you might come over to my and dump your stuff in my side. Well, that's not your responsibility to remove. That's my responsibility. But okay. I don't have to throw it back at you. And, and there's part of the self-deception, as many people think, well, they dumped it on my side of the court. I have to give it back to them. That's, right. you know, that's the victim mentality and they're in deception of, oh, wait a minute. I know this isn't, you know, I mean, that's what's so tricky about self-deception is we, in my personal opinion, and I, I one of these days I'm going to find a, a more loving way of saying a lot of the things that I say. I'm still... Um, in in process of learning how to say what I'd like to say. Well, thank you, but... Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We are so underdeveloped and uneducated on these basic, con what to me are basic concepts. They're, I mean, they're very evolved, but so many people have the belief, the reality th that they believe is truth, that you victimize me. Well, there can be truth to that. Like, I'm... It, here, I use this analogy. This is how you taught me the difference of, and, and educated me on victimhood. And the, I don't know if you remember this, but this was very early on in our working together. And you said to me, Kenny, imagine you're walking down the street, minding your own business, not doing anything. And all of a sudden you get shot by a sniper, shot in the leg, and you just buckle over. Now, you didn't do anything. You didn't ask for it. There's, you're not responsible for being shot in the leg by a sniper. That is something that did happen to you. But you are responsible for the fact that you chose to be walking on that street. Like, that didn't happen randomly. You, you made that choice. Now, you also have another choice. You can choose to lay on that concrete and scream, oh my God, this is so unfair. How dare everyone, and bleed out and let yourself, and just everyone walking by go, can you believe what they did to me? I didn't do anything. And look at all this blood coming out of me. Isn't this awful? Or you have choices. You can ask a passerby, hey, this awful thing happened to me. Would you be willing to help me get up? I need help. I need to get somewhere. Now, if you don't want to do that, you can also crawl or find some way to get yourself to a hospital. You are responsible for that. Now, but your responsibility doesn't end there. Once you get to the hospital and they take the bullet out, it's now your responsibility to go to physical therapy and learn how to walk again and heal. And so that's the problem with relationships, politics, everything. If you look in the world today, everyone's going, you did it to me. I need a safe zone because you're hurting me. You need to stop. I have no responsibility for my feelings, my actions, anything I'm doing. You need to be different. 
And that's the self-deception versus going, wait a minute, I'm being affected by your belief system and your bullets, whatever it may be. What am I going to do about that? How am I going to handle that? I have choices and options. Maybe I'll spend my time else, all these different things. And that to me is at the crux of this, is that personal accountability. And that's what, at least to me, I see is the first step. I am always accountable to me. Right. And it's not, and, and what we're seeing is this big push of, no, I'm not accountable. You are always responsible for me. That, what do you think of that way of describing it? I, I think that's right on. And I think that's oftentimes in marriage counseling, that's the kind of things we see. You know, it's, it's playing the, the blame game or tit for tat. And, you know, part of that whole process is, is bringing people out of denial that, that they don't need that other person to be perfect or okay for them to be okay. They, ha they have to do that work and they have to take that responsibility. And um, if they've got blinders on, it's really hard. And, and most people that come into our offices for, for marriage counseling, they do have blinders on. You know, it's yeah. her fault, it's his fault, he did this, she did that. Is it, this has been my experience working with clients. The single greatest breakthrough in their recovery is when they, when they click in how they are deceiving themselves. That's when I see their recovery just explode. When they, you know, I mean, it's a teaching process part, you know, on my end, but the way I like to do it is to try and walk them into that. You taught me that, you know, of the way you would walk me into my own bullshit. Because <laughs> I, I was a very good victim and very talented at it. And, you know, m much of it was because I just wasn't taught. You know, I don't want to throw myself completely under the bus. A lot of it was we just don't teach these things. I, you know, I, I wouldn't blame myself for that. Um, I was just unaware, but once I became aware, I took ownership of it. Um, but, you know, our culture and everything really promotes that. And so I know for me that once I started to become aware of how self-deception works, that's when things started to change for me. Do you see the same escalation in a client's recovery because of that dynamic as well or is it something else well yeah and sorry i've got an itchy head today um here's the thing that that that's interesting because i think we always tend to lean towards the victim side which is the less than side okay it's the shame side and um, you know, then we're powerless and then we can get attention for being that and we can, you know, and I'm, I'm a world class at that um, growing up where I grew up. So, um, but the thing that the thing that really started this conversation is, um, is that what what I've come to uh, realize is that most people um, are the, the victim is the side that they show other people. The walled off, false empowered is the part that they don't see. 
themselves, but that's what they live out of. And, um, and so I might be a victim over here, which is more on the boundaryless side, but when I'm really operating in my unconscious life, I, I tend to be walled off. Can you give an example of a, maybe a client and for somebody to identify with, because some of that's like clinical of, okay, and, and so I'm putting myself in the shoes of somebody listening who's trying to figure this out in their own life. What would be some examples of, you know, if you think back to previous clients that were in that dynamic and, and you can tell a story or something, people go, oh, I see what he means by false empowered and, and playing the victim and all of that. Well, you know, the best story is is one I'm not sure I feel comfortable broadcasting all over the world, but um, <clears throat> I'll, I'll give some. Uh, is there, you're more than welcome to use a story from our work together. If you remember something yeah. where I did it, I don't have any issue with that being exposed, if, if that jogs your mind. Well, I'm more comfortable with you talking about you than me talking about you. But, 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 thank you. I, but I'm just giving you permission because I, I use that all the time to protect other people. And so it doesn't, I, I appreciate your concern for me. I'm just letting you know my boundaries on it are you, I've given you permission. Sure, I hear you. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I can think the problem is I can think of too many stories and, and trying to digest one that would work uh, for this uh, purpose. But I, I think I think the, the story that I, I would tell is that I was working with a client who had um, she had been a victim and she'd been a victim of sexual abuse um, uh, when she was a kid. and. Uh, professionally, she became uh, a therapist, and uh, part of that was, I think, uh, directly related to how was she, what were the covert messages that she grew up with, and one of the messages was that she, you know, her dad was a grumpy old man, and when he would come home from work, uh, she'd get up in his lap, and, and and she could turn that around, you know, she, she would make dad happy. And she learned um, really that she had more power than she did. I mean, the reality is um, dad did let her do that. And that's a covert message and that's a powerful message. And, and so, um, she, you know, she grows up and she becomes therapist, she gets married, blah, blah, blah. And she marries a guy who is pretty healthy and, and, and he really doesn't need her. He wants her uh, in their relationship. And uh, lo and behold, another guy comes into her life and he's, he's you know, the perfect uh, target, if you will. He's, he's, um, he needs her. Uh, he needs her help, and next thing you know, they're they're establishing an, an attraction for one another. And um, I don't know if this really il illustrates what you're saying, but the deal is, you would think that that the abuse that she did encounter would would be, be the um, you know 
the basis of her motivations in life. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not saying that she probably didn't have some of that, but that was in front of her. She saw that, you know, she, she knew she could be hypervigilant, for example, but she didn't see this false empowering message that says I can change people's lives. Um, and that's self-deception, right? And, um, and that's, that's somewhat hiding, you know, being walled off from yourself. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I, <laughs> you might have to edit that out. <laughs> it, I'm trying to think of something a little bit, I mean, I, I get it, but for people to follow that are learning this, it could be a little bit difficult. And, um, I'm here, here, this would be, I hear this a lot. Somebody who comes in and goes, I'm not a victim. I will, I know I'm, I'm not, I'm not, no one can victimize me. And that, that, that wall of false empowerment, yet they're the victim everywhere in their life. But I, I will not identify as the victim. Don't you dare call me a victim. And I didn't victimize myself. I won't do that. Like it's an anger and a defensiveness of I will not because they were so victimized that their solution became wall. I'm going to be strong, tough, powerful. I'm no victim. You know, you, you see that in a lot of, you know, it was predominantly a male issue with, mm -hmm. you know, but now you're seeing that I see it in, you know, the, the women's movement has created a really angry, false empowered woman. You know, like if you look at a, a lot of the messaging they're getting, mm -hmm. it is be a boss bitch. Put up this wall. Don't let a man come in, get near you. Now, I'm not, I'm not denying men have been imperfect, but we're creating this dynamic. Instead of improving both sides, as I always say, we're just converting the female side to become what they didn't like. Shut down, well, walled off men. Yeah, and and neither of us are from the perspective that women haven't been uh, uh, victimized truly in the workplace and, and all kinds of things. It's, it, you know, when you when we go back 20 years uh, or, or especially before that even, there, there's just, you know, uh, you know, I was, I was watching a video the other day about music and, and they were talking about male performers and the, the women that were in, in there, they, you know, they were the, the arm candy, if you will, but that, you know, they were insignificant and they were treated as if they were insignificant. And, and both of us are against things like that. And so we don't want to, my, my sadness is that the remedy that's being promoted right and i and i agree with you fully is is creating you know they've just become what they hated and and right. that's the sadness of the lack of it all you know it goes back that's why i made this my career it it's and it, it's about emotion the lack of emotional maturity in society because ultimately self-deception denial is i don't have the emotional bandwidth to accept the truth about myself. Right. I, I can't let it in because it's an injury of, oh, God, I don't want to admit that about me. Please, no, I can't be that. And that's what I realized from my own recovery. It was 
when I could make peace, and that's why I gave you permission to use stories about me, I need my only way out is in owning and making peace, forgiving and loving my perfect imperfections. It is in confronting my self-deception. That's the, at least in when I've seen clients, their lives catapult. It's when they could stop the shame and the fault, well, how they'd hide behind the wall of false empowerment. I don't want to see this imperfection. I can't see it anymore. Don't tell me about it. Don't make me see it. I don't want to see on the other side of the bookshelf as you, you know, we're talking about, mm-hmm. or the shame-based victim who's like, oh, there's nothing I can do. It's all them. And, and it's all me. Mm-hmm. You know, both are deceptive. When I can let in, oh my God, I am deceiving myself, whichever way I go in that dynamic. And I can feel the weight of that, appreciate that I'm just doing the best I could. And how could I not have one or both of those reactions based on how society has been, based on how no parent has taught how to be a parent? We're all imperfect. And I can accept that and then go, you know, it's just the best I could do with where I was at the time. And I'd like to do better. And I'm going to screw up more at it. But I am going to own when I when I do, and I'm going to love that piece of myself instead of banishing it behind the wall of self-deception, which could be false empowerment or the shame-based disempowerment. I'm going to bring it to the surface and I'm going to love it and share it with others. To me, that's the remedy. And that's what we haven't done with women. We've just said, look, go become, you know, and, and I've done posts about it and not all. I mean, some women are like, so it's our turn. Get over. <laughs> right. Well, and and I think everybody, I mean, it's just the pendulum has swept from, you know, one side to the other side, and neither of them are healthy. And and that's you know, that's the issue. And and the problem with even talking about the kind of stuff we're talking about is that these messages are are covert and they're implied messages. Uh, and I learned a long time ago that implied messages are more powerful than, um, you know, the overt message. Uh, so I know that's a bit unfair, but I'm going to leave you on that cliffhanger. Uh, Mike and I talked for about two hours in total. And so I've taken this long conversation. I've split it into three different podcasts. Remember, I publish my podcasts on Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday. So they'll be running in succession. And the next, we're going to pick up on this covert messaging. And really, we're going to talk about why the most successful people on this planet are also the most deceived and how this covert messaging is robbing us of recognizing how perfectly imperfect and damaged the so-called most successful people are on this planet as we bring uh, you know help everyone get into reality and as as these shows are pointing out our struggles all start from this self-deception and denial and it's not that we're bad people it's just we're not aware of it and that's what we're trying to bring awareness to so i encourage you to put it on your calendar you know tuesday thursday sunday to catch all of these episodes so you don't miss anything also if you'd like to get in touch with mike to learn about neurofeedback and neurofeedback training go to the the show description i have all of his contact information in there his website his phone number and his email address 
He doesn't see as many therapy clients anymore. It's mostly neurofeedback. If you need help navigating the self-deception dynamics, I encourage you to reach out to me. You can find my contact info at either kennyweiss.net or where I really send people is my free online magazine site, which is www.thegreatnessuniversity.com because it's filled with videos and articles. All of my content goes there. Uh, free exercises to download to help you navigate self-deception, codependence, narcissist recovery, really all of your personal development needs. You can learn more about my private groups under the group tab. If you want to book an appointment, just go into the private coaching tab. So it's kind of your one-stop shop for solutions um, to all of these dynamics. So again, please tune in to the next show where we're going to talk about why the most successful people are the most deceived. We're going to pick up where we left off here, talking about the covert messaging that we're unaware of that's deceiving us and playing a part in all of this. And so if you think this will help those close to you, please share it. And as always, come on back and let's enjoy the journey together. <laughs>